You shall not eat it or even touch it, lest you die. Well, I did some fact-checking on Eve's claim to see if that's truly what God said. In that first reading that we heard today from Genesis, in the, it comes from a lectionary, and a few verses are missing in, con, in uh, continuity. So a few verses are happening in early in chapter 2, and then it jumps to chapter 3. We miss the introduction that God gives the man and the instruction before the woman was even created. So late in chapter 2, it turns out they're not forbidden to touch the fruit of the tree. They're only forbidden to eat it. So the point is, we already see a problem. Either the man or the woman is corrupting the word of God. And this might then be an opportunity for sin to creep in. And then the serpent finds the crack. The serpent finds the weakness and casts doubt on God's love. Did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? So the serpent then says, you certainly will not die. And then we notice that Adam lives to be 930 years old. So was the woman wrong? Did the serpent actually tell the truth? Well, of course not. The serpent is a liar from the beginning. They did die. They died the spiritual death of sin. And this death is much worse than the bodily death. The spiritual death can mean eternal separation from God. So now we find ourselves in this season of Lent, this time where we guard against the spiritual death, the time that we repent of our sins. Then as the story unfolds, the whole rest of the Old Testament shows the far-reaching consequences of the spiritual death and God's people waiting for the new life that would come from the Messiah. Then in today's, today's gospel from St. Matthew, Jesus himself is our example. In him, we are not doomed to spiritual death. And we hear how he was facing those temptations. The bread is the example of us being tempted by our carnal pleasures, bodily delights, appetites, the third temptation is pretty obvious, having power over others. But that second temptation is very interesting. The evil one tempts Jesus to plunge himself off the temple. But Jesus stays obedient to the Father. Later in the gospel, Jesus will plunge himself into death at the, in the obedience of the Father. And we know the rest of the story. We know that the Father keeps his promise of new life. And that promise is for us also. If we are obedient, no matter what terrible things happen to us, we will always have our final refuge in God himself. So then we see that the old Adam failed, but now we have a new Adam in Jesus Christ. We inherit the fallen nature of the old Adam. We inherit that tendency to sin. The old Adam was given the breath of life that Holy Spirit. But then we, we buy, into the light, to, in, buy into the lie that we will be like gods following the lie. That sin of pride we, which we are all prone to. But God planted this hope in our hearts when he made us in his image. We're not going to become like gods with a small g, but we're going to become like God by our obedience, not by our disobedience. We strive for his righteousness. 
not some shortcut that Eve was given to falling for. We notice then Eve justifies the sin, pointing out the possible good that could come from it, satisfying the appetites. It looked good for food. It was pleasing to the eyes. It was desirable for gaining knowledge. So why does the evil one attack the woman in the first place, not the man? Well, the woman is a symbol of all humanity. This happens, in, in, this happens virtually in every one of those Disney cartoon movies. For example, in Snow White, the evil one attacks Snow White, not Prince Charming. In Cinderella, the evil stepmother attacks Cinderella, not Prince Charming. In The Little Mermaid, the evil force attacks the Little Mermaid, not the corresponding love interest. So we get the idea the woman is the symbol of humanity, and the evil one attacks humanity by attacking the woman. And this would be a good opportunity for us to go into an entire exposition of the Blessed Virgin Mary as the new Eve, the woman who was faithful, once again representing all humanity. But we notice how things go bad when the first Eve failed. Adam was built to be the protector and the servant. He was supposed to be the caretaker of the garden. So how did the serpent get in in the first place? We notice that Adam was delinquent. Where was Adam when the serpent was tempting the woman? The text tells us that she gave some fruit to her husband who was with her. So this tells all men that we were built to protect and serve humanity who is symbolized in the woman. And of course they fail, and then after that we have a great alienation from God and from ourselves and from each other. So now we have the new Adam in Jesus Christ. That is our good news. He's not delinquent like the first Adam. He purifies his bride. We have now been redeemed in him. He now gives us himself, his very life, the grace of the sacraments, to resist temptation, whether it's in the flesh or to pride or to power. We enter into these sacred mysteries where we encounter him and his life-giving grace, where we can say no to the lie and say yes to the new life with him.